from Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Monday, April 25th. I'm Sarah Reith. PG&E is now operating the Potter Valley Project under an annual license, after a mystery applicant was turned down cold. And forest health enthusiasts gathered at a Buddhist monastery in Leggett over the weekend to strategize how to build fire resilience using grant funding and local labor. On Thursday, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission granted PG&E a license to operate the project until next April, writing that the Federal Power Act does require the commission to issue an annual license to the current licensee under the terms and conditions of the prior license until a new license is issued or the project is otherwise disposed of. On Friday, the commission informed Antonio Manfredini, who had applied for the license on behalf of a business called PVP77, that it was rejecting his application because it was late, he had not done any of the initial consultations or studies that were required, and the application patently fails to conform to the requirements of the commission's regulations. The applicant has 30 days to request a rehearing. Environmental groups are expecting a further order from FERC to surrender and decommission the project, though very little information is available about what that means exactly or how long it will take. Clifford Pollan, who is legal counsel for the Potter Valley Irrigation District, was not surprised to find that FERC granted PG&E the annual license. Pollan said that while the Irrigation District's contract with PG&E entitles it to 50 cubic feet per second, the district's directors acceded to PG&E's request to stay on a demand-based system, only asking for the amount the district can sell to its customers. This is calculated in part to protect the infrastructure at Lake Pillsbury and Scott Dam in Lake County. It also means that the only additional water going into the Russian River and Lake Mendocino from the Eel River will be the minimum in-stream flows required by the National Marine Fisheries Service to protect salmonids in the Russian River. Pollan thinks the wildcard application may have been part of what caused the delay in FERC's announcement about the annual license, but said he didn't see Manfredini being much of a factor otherwise. Curtis Knight, the executive director of the environmental organization California Trout, described the granting of the annual license as a big step, which everyone knew was coming, and the only weird note was Manfredini. Caltrout is one of the parties that was working with Russian River water users to apply for the license, but was unable to raise enough money to pay for the studies. Now it's signed on to a notice to sue PG&E under the Endangered Species Act, claiming that the fish ladder at Cape Horn Dam causes unauthorized take. Still, Knight expects that the Manfredini distraction won't amount to much and is looking forward to a timeline for the surrender of the project. He hasn't given up on working with Russian River water users yet, but said it might have to get a little messy first before FERC defines the process of decommissioning the project. In the North County, two environmental organizations gathered at the Gombe Tibetan Buddhist Monastery in Leggett to brainstorm plans to resist the ravages of climate change and further the vitality of the Eel River through forest management. The Northern Mendocino Ecosystem Recovery Alliance has joined with the Eel River Recovery Project to push for a major shift in preparing for fire and bringing it back to the landscape. Eli Ryder of the Leggett Valley Volunteer Fire Department and Will Emerson of the Bell Springs Fire Department in Laytonville are inspired by a $4.9 million grant from Cal Fire to carve a fuel break into BLM lands in the Red Mountain Wilderness off of Bell Springs Road. The grant is being administered by the Mendocino County Resource Conservation District. In addition to a proviso that would keep the use of heavy equipment to a minimum, Ryder says one of the requirements for keeping carbon down is hiring local people. There's a large grant in the Red Mountain area and the Usaw Forest to create shaded fuel breaks. And they have written into the grant a triple bottom line, which is trying to lower the carbon footprint of the project. So having local workforce will accomplish that by not having to truck equipment and stuff from far away. 
and we're trying or in the process of a workforce development program to try to train and hire local workers. Emerson hopes the project will expand from what Ryder explained was the most obvious place to start. The work will be performed over really the next three years and this is phase one of the project. So somewhere in the middle, probably next year, they will start planning for phase two. So uh, we're hoping that it will that fuel break will continue over to Bell Springs Road. It'll provide and then hook in with other projects up and down Bell Springs Road uh, so that we establish some really good fire breaks uh, around our communities and through them so that we could stop a larger fire that might come through. And why this one particular area on Red Mountain? What is the significance of that and why that would be the the starting point and the kind of the kicking off project for this larger vision. So there's um, a bunch of environmental, you know, processes that have to happen for spending the CCI money, and part of that is biological assessment, uh, archaeological assessment, and BLM staff had already completed that along with the RFFI staff. So those pieces of the puzzle were already completed. Um, and so that's why they chose to go with those two projects first, is it was ready to be implemented. Pat Higgins, the executive director of the Eel River Recovery Project, is a fish guy who's been pushing for forest health as key to revitalizing the river for years. He sees enormous potential for the new approach, if it's done right. It'll be a huge undertaking to restore forest health in the traditional Indian sense of harmony on the landscape. And once that happens, you have to use control burns and you have to stay on it. So we're looking actually not just for um, an economic opportunity, but a change in perspective, a commitment to stewardship. And this could happen uh, in a way that was economically viable, depending on how we organize. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.